Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Waters Run Deeps podcast. This is episode two. It's going to be Trained or Framed Animal Spies, presented by Amanda today. Uh, I'm David down in Florida. Um, again, we're all family members uh, on this podcast, uh, all three cousins. And um, let's uh, go ahead and introduce ourselves. Thanks, David. I'm Amanda, and I am in Colorado, and I cannot wait to talk about animal spies today. And I am Christopher, and I am in Pennsylvania. And can't wait to talk about this topic. And not that I don't trust a man's impeccable research skills, but I have a couple animals I'd like to add myself. So looking forward to it. All right. So we're going to get started. Um, as we decided to start every episode as a way to make sure our sweet cousin David feels included, um, we are going to have a Florida story. So are you both ready for today's Florida story? Oh, oh yes. yes. All right. In Madison, Florida. A man was put in jail after he decided to improvise during an alleged robbery at a Waffle House. So Madison County Sheriff's Office said witnesses told deputy that Rodriguez, um, that's the guy, entered the Waffle House with a small dog, pointed his fingers into guns, pew, pew, and yelled, get on the ground. You're all are getting robbed. (laughs) <laughs> Rodriguez then said he was wow. high and drunk before grabbing some napkins and leaving the store. Deputies found the would-be armored robber at his home where he admitted robbing the restaurant of its napkins, and he now faces charges for unarmed robbery and assault. Hmm. Well, I got a few wow. things for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, when did this happen? Is this during the beginning of the COVID pandemic? So we're you know, looking at no toilet paper. So possibly you went in there for toilet paper. That's logical. You know, and number two, why rob the Waffle House? Waffle House doesn't close. If the Waffle House closes, us Floridians know it's time to leave Florida for any reason. Um, That is a great question. This happened in October of 2021. So quite recent. Um, So I do not think we were experiencing the toilet paper shortage of 2020. Um, Although... I did not, I was not aware that taking napkins without paying them for them was a crime. Um, So therefore I probably should be arrested because I have taken a lot of napkins from locations. Yes. I, there also take a crap ton of napkins. I'm like a napkin hoarder does get to a point where it's uh, excessive. And to me, it sounds like after his failed attempt with the finger guns, the napkins were an afterthought perhaps. Like, I'm not leaving without something. <laughs> Got some napkins for his uh, for his uh, glove compartment. And Chris, that's something I didn't know about you. You're a, a napkin hoarder. It almost sounds like a yes. NA meeting, Napkins Anonymous right now. Yes, yes. Because I, I, it's terrible. I keep them in my car. I have one in my pocket always. It's, it's, a, it's a habit. Well, so... Um, I found the story of a couple weeks ago, but um, the other day, Adam said to me, hey, you know, I've never been to a Waffle House, but we have one up the street. I think it'd be a great place for us to go to breakfast tomorrow. If you want to blow your butthole out, (laughs) by all means, have at it. I said, I think that would be a terrible idea for our health, our heart, our colon, really anything. Well, I don't know how your Waffle Houses look in... Colorado, but you're not getting a true Waffle House experience unless it's in the great state of Florida. Uh, You know, being a Floridian all my life, 
I've been to Waffle House not too many times, but you know, you don't get the true Waffle House experience unless it's in Florida. You don't get the true butthole clearing experience unless you enjoy it in the great state of Florida. That's true. That's true. The greasy floor, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of undiscernible marks on the walls and, and stuff like that. You know, that old Colt Ford song, take me to the Waffle House, baby. <laughs> well, and I feel like you really need Debbie with one tooth to serve you to understand yeah. truly what you're getting. At the Waffle House. How did you know um, that was the the waitress at the Waffle House down the road? How do you think they get the impressions in the waffle? Debbie jams her tooth into each square to uh, get that nice <laughs> waffle shape. You know, I, well, and I thought to myself, of course, Adam's never eaten at a Waffle House. He lives in Chicago. That's where he grew up. He went to college in Minnesota. He didn't go to college in Florida, where the only thing that was open in your podunk college town was the Waffle House and Debbie. And I don't think Debbie went home. I think she had a cot in the back of the Waffle House because she was always there. She got to make that. And money. the best part is when Debbie's like, "Hello," and she already is smoking her cigarette. Yeah. And you're like, I don't think we can smoke inside. And Debbie's like. It's the Waffle House. They do what I want. They got different laws in the Waffle House. <laughs> it's their own game. I mean, they have different laws in Florida. I just thought this was really ballsy of a guy to go into the Waffle House and try to rob it with his finger guns uh, in Florida because, first of all, you're going to get shot if you're going to try to rob a Waffle House. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I said there's a lot of people that carry in Florida, and that'd be kind of crazy to go in there. I guess uh, they, it's kind of obvious that it's fingers and not guns so it's not so much a threat and if you're carrying you should be able to see that but and marion county marion county is nothing but uh how do i put this down home country folks that you know riding around with guns in the trucks and the whole nine yards so he's lucky he walked out with some napkins yeah and the dog the poor dog that had to suffer through that badness the poor dog was hungry I he was, was like we're walking gonna in the walk out we're gonna eat yeah He's good. Or he's, sitting he's the there. opposite, and he's like, I would prefer my food back home because it's probably a better grade of food than what you're getting here. Maybe the dog put him up to it. There you go. Fits right, it, fits right in line with our animal spies thing. Yeah. I was going to say, do we think the dog is an animal spy? There you go. Yes. If you think the dog is the animal spy, write us at the Waters Run Deep podcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, on that note, let's get started. So before we start, I did want to share that I did my research in some places I got my information. So um, I learned about animal spies from HowStuffWorks, History.com, Popular Science, Quartz, the BBC. Shout out to all our friends over across the pond. Chip, 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 um, the Smithsonian Magazine, NPR, Insider, The Drive, and The Schmooze. Um, so those are all the fun places that I got my lovely, um, information. No part of the internet was left unturned. No, I, I will tell you, this was a very exciting and fun experience. All right, cousins, sit back and let cousin Mandy tell you a sweet, sweet story about a little beluga whale and his accessory harness made from a famous designer called Equipment of St. Petersburg. (laughs) <laughs> Can I get some freaking dark or some freaking lasers? 
All right, picture it. The coast of Norway, May 2019. Fishermen, accustomed to strange sights of the subarctic ocean life, are approached by a happy, interactive beluga whale with a harness labeled Equipment of St. Petersburg. So why is this weird, you may ask, cousins? Well, I'm not sure if either of you have become marine biologist in the last week. Um, I it's a big negative. Yeah, but I'm going to go with a hard no on that. I know both of you enjoy fish and are good fishermen, so maybe you already know this. Uh, but beluga whales are not typically friendly creatures of the sea. I've heard that, yeah. Um, they also most definitely do not wear GoPro cameras on their person or their body, nor are they known to swim around with harnesses that say property or equipment of St. Petersburg. Hmm. So, fun facts, things we learned. They actually do look quite cuddly. Like, if I was to pick a whale that I would cuddle... I probably would be a beluga whale. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I wouldn't hug up next to a killer whale. I mean, beluga no, they don't sounds seem too friendly. I mean, the name itself. Yeah, the name itself kind of shoots it in the foot. I think. Yeah. I mean, in Free Willy, though, that guy got like a little snuggle close to that whale, and then well, he's like, I, "Go, Willie." I think Tilcom <laughs> kind of wants to snuggle, but in the wrong ways. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> dolphins; they try to get frisky real fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dolphins. Um, so despite this big dude's uh, endearing behavior, officials believe that this animal is actually an undercover Ruski spy trained by the Russian Navy to protect a naval base and to record footage of the locals in Norway. <clears throat> now, the Ruskis deny running any animal espionage program. Um, however, there is some evidence strongly against them uh, that has been seen. <laughs> Apparently, they have placed ads um, trying to purchase dolphins for, for covert operations. <laughs> Can't forget about those Craigslist ads that you left up. <laughs> oh, Russia. I love them. Yeah, can you? I'm just oh, like imagining. So I love um, like Facebook Market, and it's like <laughs> on Facebook Market, it's like looking for a dolphin. Could yeah. you imagine getting on Facebook Marketplace and finding, finding an ad for, you know, <laughs> three dolphins for sale? Yeah, how's that work? I don't even think that's legal. Not like. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's legal. Well, I don't think you can sell dolphins on the Facebook Marketplace, but you know it'd be pretty cool to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Washington Post reports that Russian's defense ministry published an ad in 2016 offering twenty four thousand uh, dollars for the use of five bottlenose dolphins. Um, so there's that. And although so, beluga whales are not dolphins, something definitely smells fishy about the situation. Yeah. I really had to get my dad joke in there. Yeah. So did they they denied have anything to do with the Mr. Beluga that, that came up onto the shore with the equipment on his back? Was that property oh, yeah. in Petersburg? So thousand percent said not us. So they're basically saying that the dolphin broke into the St. Petersburg armory. The beluga whale. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. The beluga whale broke into the St. That's even better. Yeah, yeah. St. <laughs> Petersburg Armory removed said equipment, attached said equipment on back, and decided to go have a beach day. And turned on the GoPro. 
Yeah. It was like, let me, I, let me. In Norway. Me. Yeah. Oh, a beach day in Norway. That's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've uh, actually uncovered exactly what they're saying. I'd like now, to see the footage. We I are. Mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are being very, very judgmental and blaming the Russians. It could also have been the city of St. Petersburg and Florida. I mean, maybe ah. we should look there and maybe they have found a beluga whale and decided to send it on an adventure. Yes, it didn't even I don't put know what that. happens. They could be looking for the next Tampa Bay Rays ballpark over in Norway. Who knows? <laughs> we tried to put it in it Canada. It would be in a better location. It would be a way better location than where it's at right now. That's the truth. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, Russia's going to deny all the day, all day long. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I would too. Though. Um, oh yeah, for sure. You got to deny I everything mean, that's you just do. How the game works. Yeah, you got to um, deny all your stupid ideas. You know. Are you going to really say I caught a beluga whale and put a freaking GoPro on him? Yeah. He was looking for a shark. He got a beluga whale. He's not really happy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens to the whale afterwards, though? Like, do they just send it back to St. Petersburg? Like, recharge his batteries and send him back on his way. I mean, do you have a a recall for a beluga whale? Is there any way to, like, you know, remember the old show Flipper where he just had to, you know, splash the water and Flipper came? Is that how we're recalling his beluga? Hmm. Does he have a a, a destroyer assigned to him so the destroyer kind of follows the whale? Well, it'd be hard for Russia to deny it then if there were. Well, the I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, the destroyer's not going to be right on its ass, but you know, true, somewhere true. close. Yeah, within. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, flipper distance. <laughs> within flipper splashing distance, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this adorable spy is hardly the first drafted into espionage for humans, um, and probably won't be the last for uh, either the city of Saint Petersburg, Florida, or Saint Petersburg in Russia. So grab your shoe phones and your exploding pens, and let's go deep, deep undercover into animal spies and the conspiracies that come from these cute little critters. Are you ready? Oh, I'm more than ready. I'm ready. So it is one thing to train a dolphin or a beluga whale. We know they can do that. I think the three of us have been to SeaWorld. We've seen it happen. But what about training a cat, a bird, or other creatures who are not known to take directions well? Have either of you ever tried to train maybe a pigeon or a cat? I've tried. I've trained a couple dogs, but that's about as far as my animal training has gone. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, you know, I've had two cats in the past, and I don't know that I've trained them, per se. I mean, well, but, Are we talking you know, about the feline persuasion or the other? Well, I mean, you know, I, I haven't been able to train either one of them. I'm divorced a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. I like it. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I mean, I, I don't know that training is a possibility, but... You know, then with my limited schooling, as we were discussing earlier, you know, I go back to, uh, who is it? Freud? Who had the yes. cat in the box that, you know. Oh, no, that was uh, Schrodinger. Schroeder. That's right. Schroeder's theory. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no, uh, no scientist, but there we go. You know, I, I, I look at that. Yeah. 
So um, there are several well-documented examples of animals being trained for military operations and spies. Uh, animals have been serving the military way far back. We have, you know, definitely research of knowing them through the Roman times, being messengers, that kind of stuff. Um, in 1908, the Germans actually attached a camera to a pigeon to take aerial photographs. I'm a little unsure how uh, in 1908 we were taking camera photographs. Um, do any of you know about that? Because I didn't think we had cameras that good to put on a pigeon. I thought cameras were like big and bulky. You had to like stand still for 30 minutes. That well, I'm poor wondering pigeon. how big the damn pigeon was. I was going to say, that poor pigeon had a big-ass camera hanging off him. I don't know how he could fly. Cause that was a humongous freaking pigeon. And the the, the quality, because you got to have a big telephoto lens on it back then. I mean, that, that poor pigeon. Well, the exposure time for, for a photo back then was quite a yeah. while, you know? Yeah. And so that pigeon had to, Jesus, I could only imagine how big that pigeon was. I bet it's got to be as big as the sandhill cranes that we got around here. Yeah, the other pigeons probably looked at him like he was the the biggest one in town, though, because it probably looked like a phallus. Um, he was a pimp pigeon with a well. the pimp yeah. pigeon with a camera. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so in 1940, pigeons were trained by BK or BF Skinner to track targets and steer missiles, which is kind of cool. So pigeons are like. Steer st- uh, steer missiles, so they had like a they yeah. had a cockpit on a missile, and they would. Oh, I've heard of this. The, I, did they get? I don't think they got that. The I thought they didn't get that to work though. I thought they put like seed or something. In I don't know something to do with feed or something, and it would cause the pigeon to. I don't know how that works, but I, I thought it was something like that. Maybe I'm. So wrong. was the pigeon attracting the missiles, so like the pigeon would fly over, and you know, let's say land in a. Uh, a Russian bunker or, or a United States bunker or whatever, and the missile would just come over and go up the no, pigeon's th- rear end? Or? I think it was they were actually on the missile, like they were in it. Right, Amanda? Yeah. Yeah, so they were in it, and they, like, sort of went to where it's supposed to go. But Chris is right. It didn't fully work out. Um, but pigeons, uh, mostly, because and although they were really easy to train, um, and I'll talk more about pigeons in a minute, um, they were usually killed or maimed regularly while they're on their missions. So you had to have a lot of pigeons. Now, luckily, if you've been to New York City, there are a lot of pigeons. We're not really, like, worrying about the pigeon population. Well, like, I don't know. I think we need to do a class action suit for pigeons. I, I agree. I, I think the pigeons' rights have been severely violated. violated yeah. You know? And going back yeah. to the pet yeah. pigeon with the, you know, the camera around his neck, I think the guy driving the missiles probably... Yeah, he's worse off. Yeah. He's dead, and the other one just has back problems or wing I got problems. pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got pictures, pictures to prove it. So in the Cold, Cold War, uh, we were using ravens that could be used to eavesdrop on sensitive conversations. I could see that. I could see that. Dolphins that would film secret military training exercises and even insects that could detect intruders. Oh, wow. Well, now I'm not going to talk around any squirrels or birds. I mean, that's not that I carry any government secrets, but, you know. Never know who's listening. (laughs) Exactly. There have even been reports of the U.S. implanting listening devices in cats and conditioning them to tune into certain people's voices to pick up on political conversations. 
Now, uh, President Biden just got a cat, and I'm like, oh, that's why you got the cat. Hmm. Hey, Amanda, real quick on um, something you you plugged earlier. Um, The dolphins calling. Did you mean filming, or were they actually, like, pulling out their underwater cell phone and giving somebody an old ring? No, they would film secret military training. Oh, so I think okay. it's filming. Okay. Yeah, yeah sorry, I, filming, not calling. I, I was Savannah and I were a little confused. We're like, how are the dolphins? Are dolphins are making phone calls? Hey, Timmy, I'm over here off the coast of Russia. You should be <laughs> the crap that's going down right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then during the first Gulf War, which I think is the one that you the three of us probably remember the most. Uh, The U.S. military apparently used chickens in Kuwait as early warning chemical detections for things uh, that were in the air, very similar to like coal mine canaries. That's interesting. I I also saw something that that we used for uh, chemical detection. Um, And that was part of what I was looking up. So they used back in World War I, they used slugs to detect particles in the air to allow the soldiers to don their equipment in time for like a mustard gas attack. So the slugs would, they would indicate discomfort by closing their breathing spores and compressing their bodies. When soldiers saw this, they would put their gas masks on. So they used the slugs to detect, um, you know, I guess gas in the air, but how quick is that? response i mean do i just sit there and stare at the slug and in, in hopes of a gas attack i mean well could you imagine i have one that, could you imagine a slug that ate something that didn't agree with him and now he's you know constipated or whatever and he's trying to he's trying to get so he kind of curls up and now we got gas masks on for nothing yeah or jim uh, farted really loud private jim farted really bad and it stinks and well i mean that's considered a chemical attack i believe yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, just imagining Sal the slug, man. What a life to live. You like work your whole life up as a slug, and then all of a sudden you have to smell the mustard seeds. Well, you're drafted. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's it. Game you're over. In the military now, Jack. Uh, so according to Jennifer Hancock, who uh, is a dolphin trainer and animal behaviorist, that's a job for all of our friends wondering if they could do that. Um, all animals respond to conditioning in pretty much the same way, even humans. Um, but the caveat is that And some animals are physically capable of doing the behavior to be requested uh, requested of them, but they might be instinctively inclined to do so. So um, bird isn't any easier to train than any other animal. In fact, you could have a really social bird that can be really easily able to train, but then you might have an animal who does not want a relationship and doesn't want to be a part of that world. And that really, I can relate to that. You know, like I know some people who are really easily to like be a part of and talk to. And then there are others who want no contact with anybody and would prefer to sit in my basement and play video games with their friends. Ouch. See, I was fixing to, I was fixing to go there as you being a wife, you know, that's kind of like the wives thing is they condition us. Oh, you know, they cook us good dinners and what have you. And then we marry them and oh, I got you. You're, you're, you're going to do what I tell you to now. I'm going to run this show. Yep. You're mine now. Well. Yeah, I just thought it was really fun to think about like animal behavior. Like you could pretty much train anything, but an animal still has that free will to be like, man, I want to do that though. Yeah. Um, and you're completely reliant on that. And at least with humans, I feel like when you train them, you know, military and stuff, that you could kind of see 
when things are starting to change. You know, you're you're in a foxhole or something with these guys. You can kind of see that he's starting to get some shell shock or something, or something's not going completely right. So you can kind of potentially prepare for it. I've never experienced it personally in either right. on either side of it, but right. I, I would assume that you can kind of see signs that it's that it's beginning to happen. Well, Matt, as you know, as humans, we can communicate with each other like, hey, um, yeah. not really feeling right anymore. You yeah. know, we're kind of getting to me. Whereas a tiger that you've trained for, you know, a year to hop up on this barrel and, and put his paws yeah. up in the, in the sky and wave at everybody just isn't feeling it today and hops up on the barrel and then looks at you and says, you know what? I'm kind of tired of your shit, Paul. And bitch slaps your face off. Right. Or Tilcom. I mean, I was- we can go back to SeaWorld and talk about Tilcom, you know? Yeah. That's like one of the reasons I don't really like to like ride animals. Like when I lived in the Middle East, I didn't ride camels or like I didn't ride like an elephant because yeah, they might be trained for to have a human ride them. Um and I'm a little bit more human than I like I have a little bit more weight on me than other humans, so <laughs> I'm just saying not a little bit more human You're than a others. More human than others huh? <laughs> <laughs> um but like I feel that they, you know, um like what says that, you know, Charlie the camel isn't going to be like, I fucking had it. No more fucking humans. And then well, like, yeah, he has an off day or whatever, off and you I know? die or something. Yeah. Or you go to pet that tiger and the tiger's like, mm, you smell like tiger food and then eats my head. Yeah. I know they said this with horses. Like when you get on a horse, you know, they can feel just by your legs and the way you're, you're holding the reins. They can feel if you're nervous or if you're going to, you're rough. You know things like that, so and they react to that. So, I, well, I, I mean, you know, all of us have owned a dog in our lives, and you know, we understand that if you show a dog fear or you know you have that apprehension, a dog can read that, you know, or you know, and feel that apprehension and, and take advantage of that. So, I have to remind mine every once in a while. The, the German Shepherd I have, he has to be reminded of that every once in a while. Right. Put the fear back into him a little bit. <laughs> Now the PETA people, we I don't do abuse our animals. Oh yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah, I was didn't mean I abuse him. I just give him the stink eye. Yeah, he's not. He's I definitely not abused. I tell my little dachshund that she is the most prettiest princess in the whole wide world, and deserves all the kisses and all the cuddles. So she knows her place. Yeah, she's first. <laughs> she understands that when the fires come, the first to be rescued is her. <laughs> the last is your aunt margaret in case oh you're well you know you got to take them as you can yeah <laughs> yeah now that the cat on the other hand this bitch is the one that no, it taught me my place like mm. she is very specific on who is trained and i will tell you that if she is not fed by 5 30 in the morning every morning i get a mouthful yeah that cat would be sleeping outside yeah couldn't have it Couldn't I mean, she it. did br- bring me like a, pe- a dead rabbit as a thank you present. So. Well, there you go. Oh, oh then yeah, rabbit she's providing, stew. so she's good. Right. I mean, she's providing. You made some good rabbit stew the other day. There you go. Mm. Again, for the PETA people, we're not abusing animals. The just rabbit was already dead by another animal. Yeah, Thumper yeah, was already dead. You know, honestly, who hasn't eaten rabbit? Come on. Yeah. Um, have y'all ever had like Uncle Charlie's like four meat surprise chili or like whatever, like three meat surprise, and he never tells you like what the meat surprise is. Like you know that it's you know that it's like meat or ground beef. Like I'm pretty sure there's like pork in there. Probably some venison. Yeah, but you're yeah. like, what's the 
fourth one. And he just like smiles. (laughs) And you're like, I'm really hoping it's not something I don't want to know. Like a squirrel. Whatever was easily accessible at that moment. Squirrel tastes like chicken, Amanda. It's good for you. It is. It does very good. That's why I haven't seen squirrels around Riverview lately. They're all in the the stew. As my sixth grade teacher used to say, it'll make your hair curly and your teeth pearly. (laughs) <laughs> All right, friends, let's talk a little bit about some famous animal operatives and possible spies. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Um, so homing pigeons have been a part of humankind's you know, evolution and war life, all of that. They are our closest, closest confidence, confidants uh, and most assured male carriers for a millennia. The Romans, Genghis Khan, even Napoleon used pigeons to share messages with allies, enemies alike. Uh, typically, the message would be wrapped around the pigeon's leg or tucked into the little canister and the pigeon would fly. Now, I have lots of questions about this. How does the pigeon know where to go? Like, if I get a pigeon and I want to write a letter to David, do I just put David Waters, Florida, and the pigeon's like, oh, yeah, I know that bitch, and goes to David? I think they're trained. They have hubs, so they have yeah, they specific are. cubs that they go to and they may have several stops and I'm sure the messages are like labeled for each stop or they may just have one stop and whoever receives it will distribute it. Yeah. Uh, You know, I talked to some friends, I talked to some friends about this. Oh God. I can't remember years ago. Um, Were these human friends or pigeon friends? Well, I mean, you know, do we really discriminate against, you know, who I talk to? No. (laughs) I mean, so, anyhow, they're human friends. Information's an information now. Right. I mean, I'm taking it as I get it. You know <laughs> you know how good I am with talking to people. Um, or things. Or pigeons. Or things. Inanimate yeah. objects. I got that from Aunt Margaret. Um, <laughs> so, they, you know, they were talking about, you know, pigeons and how you, how you can do that. If you think about um, people when they get married, some people like to have the white doves let go. Well, these white doves leave wherever they're let go at and they go right back home. So it's just like these pigeons, you know, they, they leave, they're sent with a message, like Chris said, and they hit hubs along the way to wherever they're going, or they hit one hub, the messages switch to another pigeon, that pigeon hits another hub until it gets to wherever it was going. So I'm a Harry Potter fan, as you both know. And is, do we think it's the same with the owls in Harry Potter? Like if you are a wizard out there and you still get your wizarding messages from owls, please write to us at the waters runs deep, uh, podcast at gmail.com to let me know how the owls work in the Harry Potter world. And if it's similar to the pigeons. Yeah, I think it's similar, but they probably go through portals and shit that I don't know. (laughs) Do they have their own little wand? Yeah, my only issue with the pigeons is the the uh, conflict of interest and the chain of custody issue. Because um, if they're going to different hubs and people are passing them on, then your information is being put out uh, to everybody well, to know. I mean, I would hope it would be a friendly hub that they're stopping at and not, you know, let's say we're fighting the Russians and they stop at a Russian hub to get refueled or something like that. Freaking pigeons right. screwed up. Gave our, yeah, he done went to the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey Amanda, on that um, on that plug for our our email, um, they can also hit us up on Instagram and I think Facebook. Am I correct? I don't think Facebook is up. I don't. I don't. I didn't do the social media stuff. But um, well, I know our. Instagram, I know Instagram. Yeah, our Instagram is twrd underscore podcast. 
Uh, that's one of our Instagrams. You can catch uh, um, notices on our next uh, our next episodes and stuff like that coming out. It's kept up to date pretty well. Yes, yes. It's ran by our wonderful social media manager and yes. uh, David's 13-year-old daughter. My beautiful and daughter. She's 13, 14. Yeah. No, 13. she's 13. Amanda, slow down. 13, she's already looking at vehicles. Oh, uh, boy. We start them young in the Waters family, putting them to work on things we don't understand. Yeah. So, all right. So speaking of old, we already kind of talked about the um, homing pigeon that had the tiny cameras. Apparently, they were tiny. I don't know what that means. That took aerial photographs in World War One. We talked about the pigeons that were used in World War Two, but that never really fully developed, um, having the incendiary devices attached to them, so a weapon system. Yeah, so birds may be easily easy to train, but um, as we're learning, they get killed a lot or maimed while on their missions, and so probably aren't the most reliable animal operative. But if you're looking for an easily trainable animal operative to maybe like go spy on your neighbor or uh, take down some notes that maybe you missed during chemistry class, great, great resource. You know, I'm, I'm kind All of right. thrown aback by the pigeons with incendiary devices. Could you imagine, like, hanging out in your foxhole and this cat swipes at a pigeon and the freaking pigeon and cat just explode? And you're like, what the hell happened there, you know? It's an incendiary so, pigeon. So speaking on that, man, if I'm stepping on part of your research, I apologize. But one of my favorite um, animals that were used in or trained and used or going to be used, they were never actually used, is uh, bats. Did you uh, get the one on bats? That is my next one. So, Chris, yes. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about it, and then I'll add in uh, if I have any more. This is my favorite one. I, I remember. I think I learned about this in school, actually, believe it or not. And I always remembered it because it's the it's just probably the stupidest, in my opinion, thing idea that anybody can come up with. But you know, of course, America America was uh, you know really trying after the wake of Pearl Harbor. So, uh, little S. Adams, a dentist mind you, dentist from Pennsylvania concocted a uh, interesting idea. It was a project dubbed Project X-Ray. So it was approved for testing in March of 1943, but it was an incredibly complex idea. Um, it was it was sanctioned by the U.S. Air Force. So they decided to go out to Carlsbad Army Airfield Auxiliary <laughs> Base in New Mexico. And they had tiny little uh, incendiary bombs attached to the bats. And during the testing, a couple of the bats got loose and they caught the entire base on fire. <laughs> um, so that was a, it, of course that plan was scrapped. So Amanda, that's, that's the info I have that I remember. So yeah. if, you, if you have any more to add on to that, by all means. I do have a couple of things. Um, first, let's please talk about uh, Dr. Adams, because he's a dentist, so he was a doctor. Uh, how do we think Dr. Adams approached the National Research Defense Committee to tell them that I have a great idea? Hold my beer. Watch this. He said, hold <laughs> yeah. my beer. Watch this. Yeah, he was one of the first hold my beers and watch this. Yeah. David, I'd like you to play the role of Dr. Lytle Adams. Oh, okay. And Chris, I'd like you to play the role of uh, the director of the National Research Defense Committee. Okay. See. All right. So uh, I, I got this great idea. You know, here's okay. what we can do. If we take little bombs 
and stick them on the ass end of some bats, I think we could take out the Japanese. Okay. So, um, Dr. Adams, how, how could we control these bats and make ensure that they hit our target? Well, I mean, you know, control, con- control, control, I mean, honestly, who needs control? If you just put the little bombs on the ass end of the bats and you throw some food out there, I think we can get them. I got a great idea. It just hit me. So how about we put these bats in a bomb-shaped container, right? All your bats with their little bomb on them. Okay. All right. And we fly them over the city of Japan. In a B-17. Yep. And we open the door, drop the bomb out. And at the same time, well, actually, no, even better. Before that, we'll fly another plane over with a bomb full of bat food. Huh? Drop that out first on the I same like target. I like where you're going. And and it'll it'll surprise the enemy. It'd kind of be like a flashbang in a sense because the enemy would be like, what the hell is all this bat food? The first shock and, then, and all. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds after that, we'll drop Here the come. bomb with the bats. I like it. And then the bats will go after the food and it'll blow up at that time. I like it. I like it. See, this is a dentist and the U.S. government working together. Yes. Yes. Now, I got another question. Can we paint the bats? Like we paint the airplanes. I think that would look great. I think we should paint messages on each individual bat. Like, here it comes, or uh, um, take, take your this, medals and Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you for playing uh, Mystery Peace Animal Spy Theater with me. So. Oof. I think we nailed um, it. In case you were, I think that was exactly how that conversation went. I'm pretty sure. So, in case it. you were wondering what kind of bats were used, they were Mexican free tailed bats, which makes me really sad that they were called Mexican free tailed bats and then they were murdered. Yeah, that means we, we robbed Mexico for their bats. So, we didn't even use our own bats to, to commit this act. So, does that make Mexico a part of World War II? Inadvertently, I would think so. I mean, they provided bats, so they would be our ally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're our ally regardless because we're so close, but yes. So by December 1943, the project was canceled. Uh, I don't know why it was canceled. I'm assuming it just didn't work well. Um, and I'm assuming because it caught the whole base on fire that it was canceled. Yeah, I'd go ahead and cancel it at that point. <laughs> Uh, a new kind of automatic animal-free weapon was created on its way. Do we know what weapon that was? The A-bomb. Yep, the atomic bomb. So later on in his life, Dr. Lytle Adams is quoted to have said, Japan would have been devastated, yet with a small loss of human life if we just used bat bombs. <laughs> right? <laughs> have you ever seen, speaking of the A-bomb, have you ever seen... The speech that Oppenheimer gave after the, I believe it was after the use of the A-bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He did a speech like on TV or something. And he like cries during this speech. And for those of you who don't know who Dr. Oppenheimer was, he was one of the, I think he was the lead scientist on the Yeah, he was uh, a discovery. Founder, one of the founding mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, and he, he, he like goes really biblical and philosophical. And it was very like, Every time I see it, it, it just kind of like shocks me that as bad as that was, they knew it was, they still went through of it. That's how, I guess, trying it was at the time. 
you know, during World War II to end this war that they still went through with the creation and the use of the atomic bomb? Well, I think they knew that, you know, with without using that, our loss of life would have been greater with, you know, the fighting continuing in both in, in all theaters that we had, you know. Um, the speeches back then were just great speeches. I mean, I think they were. People, people actually spoke from the heart back then. Yeah. And I, think I, think, that's I don't we, think they had speech writers. I think a lot of the speeches were were probably wrote themselves and maybe tweaked a little bit by somebody else, yeah. by a speech writer or something. But now I think everything an official speaks is is written by a speech writer. Well, it's all yeah, too political now. You know, you're not allowed to yeah. get up there and actually speak from the heart, no matter who you are, on what side or wherever you're from. You know, nobody gets up and, and truly speaks from the heart. And, yeah. and, you know, gives great points and great views. And, you know, like Oppenheimer, you know, who was devastated. Yeah, I developed this weapon. I created this weapon. However, the use I know killed thousands of people, you know, yeah. and, and it was needed to stop this. But, you know, still heart, my heart breaks for, you know, the actual having to use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's but- like, I mean, not even that's it's almost been what, almost 100 years um obviously 80. i would say very few people are still alive that remember remember like obviously people were alive like are alive that were alive then but like really remember um but we are still impacted by it every day i mean yeah there's still fear of nuclear war there's still fear of what what happened like what caused or what because of that what is the butterfly effects that have happened since you know there's just a lot yeah, um, but if we would have had bats, yeah, I was gonna say back to the what less, we're really here for. Less the bats, Mexican bats. Yeah, we would have had more bat death and and less human death potentially. Yeah, if those freaking bats didn't blow up that uh, that base, we'd been we'd have been on point. Yeah, I think there was they were uh, double agents, spot, uh, double agent uh, bats. That, that I wonder if that Mexico fire. was trying to align with Japan, Germany. Yeah, and you know. They got to the bats first. Hmm. Wow. This Very rabbit hole could go deep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, do we think that Batman got ideas from the Bat Bomb mission? I believe so. I mean, he used his bat shaped objects. So, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think not completely. He, he used uh, bat shaped things rather than live bats. But, yeah, I could see that. You, you're talking Alfred, not Batman, because Batman didn't really have any of the any of the ideas. Alfred was the one. Was it Alfred or who was the scientific guy? Batman. He, he's a he's a master tactician. Batman did it all. Alfred did help. Mister Pennyworth. Oh, no. Who was the guy that actually developed these weapons and stuff for him? Oh, Doctor Fox, Lucius Fox. Yes. Okay, and, you're oh, right. So, but Batman was a good inventor himself, though. He, yeah, he, he was a good I mean, inventor I, himself. He came up with, you know, some of the ideas, but Alucius Fox is the one that put him into play. He, tw- Yeah, he tweaked them and made okay. them actually work, yes, yes. I feel like our listeners have to know that Christopher loves, like, four things in this world. And I and just I only want- stepped on one of them. <laughs> I will not rank them, for I know that his family listens to this, and I will let them know where they are in the rank. Below but- Batman. Batman is like literally number one. Yeah, Batman's way up there. Way um, up there. I, uh, I like Batman too. I I think that 
you know, we could probably have this argument offline and it would be interesting. Um, I, I think it's funny. I think it's better for our listeners if it happens online. Well, he's the greatest <laughs> superhero because he does not actually have superpowers. He's a master tactician and he beats Superman in the movie, in the comic book, every time. However, uh, I will say this. If he didn't have time to plan, Superman would have destroyed him. And he actually did destroy him, wow. but not bad enough. Wow, if Batman, if they just happened to meet on the street without being any kind of planned head, Superman would destroy Batman. But if you give him five minutes, that's it. He's, he's going to take you. I don't know. I'd like to see a Batman Deadpool. That'd be interesting. Well, it's two different comics. Wouldn't that be kind of hard to well, do that crossover? The, the closest is it would be... Um, Deathstroke is pretty close to Deadpool. Mm. Yeah, so. but I mean, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, come on. Well, yeah, you got the comedic factor that would actually make it good. Yeah. And I mean, who yeah. could you put, what Batman would you put up against a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer? <laughs> <laughs> or, or I got even better. I got even better. To add to the joke line, you could put him up against George Clooney with his uh, nipple suit. Oh, I, yeah. 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 Batman and Robin with a bat suit with nipples. Like, why would you make impressions of nipples on the bat suit? Drive the so girls crazy. I mean, you know what it was? I think I just realized what it was. And then we're going to get off this tangent. In that movie, he battled Mr. Freeze, Arnold, good old Arnold Schwarzenegger. There you have it. He was cold. Oh, he was cold. It wasn't he nipple was impressions. Those bad dudes were coming through. Yeah, that, that the, was the real deal. Yeah. That suckers were hard enough to cut diamond and a bat suit. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. failed missions. Failed missions, not only for the bat bombs, but even some of Batman's missions were failed. Um, here is my next one. And I will tell you, this is literally my favorite research. It is my favorite uh, information, uh, my favorite spy conspiracy theory it is called operations acoustic kitty wow i have no idea where this is going mine's going everywhere over here yes are you ready now absolutely both of you i know have watched austin powers so when i say operations acoustic kitty i know exactly where both your minds went (laughs) (laughs) oh yes but it's not like that Mm. So uh, this was a secret plan to turn cats into portable spying devices, a sort of feline android hybrid cyborg cat. Well, that sounds dangerous. So robo kitties? Yeah. I do not think cats hmm. should be at all given technology. Yeah, they're too smart. I they yeah, take over the world. Think that they would take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. They're conniving. So a surgeon implanted a microphone into a kitty's ear and a radio transmitter into the base of the skull Thank and then God it wired, was the ear. An antenna, <laughs> wired an antenna uh, woven into the cat's fur. Um, and they hoped that as they trained the cat, they could get it to sit near foreign officials and like cat, catch private conversations. And then the kitty would be able to like be deployed to like the Kremlin or like whatever and pick up Soviet intelligence information without notice so it's like oh broski i brought you a kitty cat and they're like oh good kitty good kitty and the kitty's like give me your secrets 
So yeah, I feel like this it'd be kind of obvious. It sounds like there's wires. It's like a, a, a microphone jammed in the cat's ear, and then wires wrapped around the cat's body, and maybe a battery up the cat's butt. That's what it, that's what I'm picturing for some reason. <laughs> um, I think I think it was a little, little bit darker than that, but yeah, I, I I'm almost picturing your 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 thing, Chris. Yeah, I mean, so that might have been the source. first design. Chris, that may have been the first design. But I mean, I guess to sum it up, it seems like it'd be obvious that this this is not a normal cat. That's that's what I'm getting to. I mean, wouldn't you also be like real questioning of like where'd this cat come from? Okay, I'm glad you hit on that, Amanda, because that was my thing. I was like, how many freaking cats are wandering through the Kremlin, or you know, walking up into the bunker, you know, you know, Hitler's bunker, and meow, hi Hitler, you know, I'm just a friendly neighborhood cat, just kind of dropped in. You got any cat food or catnip? Yeah, I think Hitler was more of a shepherd guy than he was cats. But, I mean, how many cats walk into the White House? I mean, this is kind of disturbing. There's a cat there now. They just got a cat. I hope they checked his butt for batteries. Right. Okay, so for its official test, the CIA drove the little kitty to a park and tasked it with capturing the conversation of two people sitting on a bench. Is that legal? No. But it doesn't matter. It's a spy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And well, it's been, it definitely wasn't legal during this because this is before the Patriot Act. Yeah. Like now I think it's legal, but not well, that. You got still got to have some, some reasoning, but it's pretty easy to create that reasoning. And I'd be the, the worst person because I'd be like, hi, kitty. Oh, who's a pretty <laughs> kitty? Oh, why does kitty have microphone? <laughs> <laughs> the cat's a recording artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got good beats. Yes, beatboxing kitty. <laughs> okay, so um, the cat, however, decided that was not what it wanted to do, and it wandered into the street and was probably smashed to bits by a taxi. Oh, no. <laughs> cat did not like having the microphone in his ear and the wires wrapped around his body and the battery up his butt, so he decided to commit suicide. Likely oh story. Oh my yeah. God! Do we count? Can't that say like, I blame him. Do we count that in like veteran suicides? That's horrible. I hope his cat family was paid. Better been. So after the incident, uh, CIA only produced one acoustic kitty and then abandoned the project after this terrible pussy cat accident, stating the problem was that cats are not especially trainable, but the program itself does not lend against practical sense. And we really could do it if we more highly specialized animals. So they tried again after the one cat committed suicide? So they didn't try again on kitties, but they oh, okay. did try again on other animals. <laughs> How do they retire these animals? I'm curious. Do they, like the bats and the cat, I mean, do they get like free homes or, I mean, are they taking, I, what is a retirement plan I mean, for these animals? Yeah. I hope they're taking in strays at least. Well, I, I don't mean, know. I, I think about like dogs. Yeah. Like dogs that are used in the military or in the police force live with their owner. Yeah. And then if they, then when they retire, they retire to their owner. Most of like, the time. Yeah. Their, well, I yeah, know law enforcement dogs. Like I don't family. know military dogs. Yeah. I think it's similar. And I think with the bats, the thought was they probably weren't going to be retired. They were going to oh, yeah. see the other the, side of the bridge. They, they were going to be retired just in the, the long, long term, uh, uh, form of retirement. 
and I think this kitty, we didn't know what was going to happen to uh, Senorita Kitty Kitty. Um, kitty Kitty had other plans and knew what was going to happen. But in 2006, the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, or DARPA, did decide to take the kitty research to a whole new level and ask scientists to create cyborg insects. Huh. C- cyborg insects? So they... We dropped the kitty with a battery up its ass and went to a beetle. It's exactly. It was a beetle. Hmm. Yeah. So explain this yeah. to me. What makes them cyborg? Um. So they have a rocket arm. They, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. I couldn't really find a ton of research on the robo bugs, but um, they did. It seems <laughs> like it's a little too new of information, but apparently researchers were able to successfully create a cyborg beetle. Who movements could be remote, remotely controlled. I'm imagining they probably put a tiny little like receptor in their little beetle brain or like their nervous system of the bug. Like, cause you know, they, although they're a bug, they have an animal like nervous system and yeah, they yeah. Can control it that way. Yeah. Sense shocks, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's plausible. That's plausible. I could see that. But now every time I see a bug, I'm going to be like, are you a real bug or are you a government bug? That's why I kill yeah. bugs. Yeah. Did you know ladybugs bite? Do they really? Yeah, I found this out this weekend. I got a wicked ladybug bite. Uh, it's probably not from a ladybug. I've never been bitten. No, by I watched it happen. I was holding it, and it, it happened. I literally watched it happen. I guess you didn't get your wish. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was making a wish, and the bastard bit me. So yeah. Yeah, wrong ladybug <laughs> bit. Yeah. Said, not today, sucker. I'm not your fairy ladybug. Get out of here. My wishes are there done. All right. So, if you uh, spot a little beetle and it's acting weird, it might be a cyborg. Yeah, it's it's spinning around in circles, then it might be a spy bug. <laughs> the shocking system is, is <laughs> has gone bad. Haywire. So, yeah. besides pigeons, who probably were our best spies that we know of, um, we do have some dogs that have been used. Dogs are pretty trainable. They're pretty easy to guide. Um, U.S. Special Operations has been known to deploy dogs in various functions from, like, detecting explosives to active combat. Um, some even uh, parachute out of planes and rappel down buildings. Yes, I've seen is, that. Like, it's pretty wild. super cool. Yeah. Um, and in 2013, a Belgian Malinois, which is a type of dog, was actually taken hostage in Afghanistan and accused of being a spy for the u.s government wow so really so dogs, they're beautiful uh, dogs very these, temperamental though yeah oh yeah um so dogs out of all of this seem to be our best sort of spy or or animal uh assistant in the world of warfare um these are just a kind of small list that i thought were interesting of different animals but know that Many countries have actually accused other animals, such as ravens, sea lions, eagles, falcons, many more, to do their dirty spy work. So I have some uh, animal numbers, and then we're going to play a game. Um, but Chris, did you have any other animals you wanted to add to our animal spy list? So there's a story about a specific carrier pigeon um, who, who should, in my opinion, gotten a medal uh, during World War One. So there's a story about a carrier pigeon named Cher, Cher Amy. It's a S-H-E-R and then space, then A-M-I. So 
during this uh, World War One, a group of American soldiers were pinned down between a German onslaught and friendly fire during the last major battle of World War One. A carrier pigeon named Cher Ami was dispatched to tell the Allied troops to cease fire. The bird flew 25 miles, was shot in the chest, blinded in one eye, and lost a leg, but delivered the message and stopped the shelling. That's like a purple heart pigeon. Yes. yes. That is like a forest gump pigeon. Yep. Yeah. And so, and then also uh, elephants were used as uh, tanks in ancient warfare, apparently, which is very interesting. Wow. Yeah, Japanese military. But that makes me sad because elephants are, like, so sweet. And do you know that elephants look at humans like humans look at dogs? Mm -hmm. Like, they think that we're, like, so cute and cuddly and, like, want to give us treats and want to, like, play games with us. That's how I look at my dog, at least. I assume it's the same. The last two, or the the I think the the obvious ones, in my opinion, camels and uh, horses that were used in war, um, is, yeah. is pretty interesting. That's not so much the spy stuff, but it's just interesting. I thought we should touch on that a little bit. That they were used in many had, had, had perished. The saddest movie I've ever seen, and I like sad movies, is War Horse. Have you have either of you? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Whew. When I was. Um, Backpacking through Europe, we would take we took this bus all around, and it was like a three week, four week, maybe a month. I don't remember how long I was there. And every time we go into a new country, while we were driving, they put on this like movie for us to watch. And I remember we were going into from France into Belgium, and we watched War Horse, and I was like, "What is this?" And like, I love animals, and horses are great, but hell, that was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a it's an interesting story. Poor little guy. Yep. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. It's, uh, yes. It's good. All right. So we are going to um, I'm give you some some numbers. So animal spy, spies by the digits. So it is estimated that 85 number is the number of dolphins under the command of the Navy Marine Mammal Program at Space and Naval Warfare Systems Command. Spa war. Is what it, is how they say it. Now, first of all, where do they keep these eighty-five dolphins? In the ocean, ma'am. That's top secret. <laughs> the top secret ocean. <laughs> they keep them in their underground, underwater bunkers. Is where they keep them. That's everybody knows that. Of course, I mean that's that's the bunker that they developed for the sharks that didn't work out. Yeah, it, they, oh, that's the government's hidden, deep under underwater military base. So Spar, Spa War um, also has 50 sea lions, which I guess hang out with the dolphins. You know, I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd almost like to join the military to work there. Yeah, it sounds like SeaWorld Army. Right. Yeah, SeaWorld Army. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, I, I think, think it's more. Feeds a fish. I think oh, it's Navy. more in line with Navy, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> But I also really enjoy, can you imagine being the sign maker for the Navy Marine Mammal Program at Space and Naval Warfare, Warfare Systems Command? I hope they didn't charge them by the letter. Well, hell, uh, you can't even say it, Amanda, so much less type yeah. it out. I'm not doing that. And like putting it on a t-shirt? Like that's going to be seven lines down that polo. Well, I'm sure Where they have a like- 
fantastic acronym like military loves to oh, use. It's, it's oh, spa war. S P A W A R. Yeah, but you gotta put we got you gotta put the dolphins, you know, you know, dolphin and sea lion trainer guy at spa war. So you got like, you know, DS supervisor or something. I don't know. Yeah. You're like, hello, my name is Harold Johnson. Yeah. And I am the dolphin examiner under the general of the Navy Marine Mammal Program at Space and Naval Warfare Systems Command. Is that so, a is that can a, you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that like one of those places that the government puts a, a general that's not really doing what they want them to do? All right, you're overseeing yeah. the uh, dolphin and sea lion board now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we were talking a little bit earlier about our favorite bat. I want you to guess how much do you think the U.S. military spent on researching bat bombs? Oh, I bet every bit of two, three million dollars. Well, what year? Did we, uh, well, it was our 19... lifetime. Well, it was 1943, so what? 1943 money. Uh, I'd, I'd say close to a million, if not over a million. Yeah, I'd stick around a million dollars. Of course, you got to pay for the base that they destroyed. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, good point. I don't know if this includes the base that was destroyed, <laughs> uh, but they spent about $2 million. Nice. I didn't do the research of like what $2 million is in now time. Let's see. $2 oh. million. Dollars nineteen forty-three. That is an equivalent of thirty million two hundred thirty-one thousand four hundred forty-five dollars and nine cents. That sounds about government spending right there. Yeah. Where the toilet seat costs about two hundred thousand dollars. Um <laughs> speaking of money spent, if we thought two million dollars on bat bombs was a lot. How much do you think the 1960s CIA acoustic little kitty cat cost? I'm going to shoot low on this one. I'm going to say okay. 300000 That's way low. Price is right rules. <laughs> well, you're the only one that I've read her notes already, so. <laughs> I cheated. Oh, what do you think? Oh, you cheated, so. What is it, Amanda? It is $20 million. What? They had to find a battery small enough to go up that cat's ass. $20 million for a cat to put themselves in front of a taxi to die. Could you imagine the colonel that has to go up and go, our $20 million cat just ran out in front of a yellow cab in New York. (laughs) Wow. I I was going to say, I would hate to have to explain that waste of money. So the inflation of what that would look like today is um, about $235 million. <laughs> Jesus. $474,662.16. Oh, oh, that makes sense. That is one expensive kitty cat vet bill mm. that I do not think nationwide my pet insurance would pay for. <laughs> They cover cat suicide. <laughs> I don't think they cover atomic kitties. A twenty million dollar uh, yeah. bill for or acoustic uh, kitties. Yeah, how do you write off twenty million dollars when you're calling your pet insurance company? I had a battery yeah, and a listening device shoved up its ass. 
Yeah, I mean, he was he had like basically plastic surgery, and I think a lot of insurance companies won't cover like plastic surgeries. All right, um, a couple more interesting things. So, six hundred dogs um, have been known to have served the U.S. military in Afghanistan and Iraq um, in 2011. So it might be more now, but um, well, we're not in either of those places anymore. But um, and one of the puppers was on the SEAL Team Six, which is the team that killed Osama bin Laden. There's also um, I, I I saw your notes again. Like I I told you, I read it. Um, there's a book based on the uh, the killing of Osama bin Laden. Um, done by one of the seals, done by the seal that actually pulled the trigger on Osama bin Laden. Um, and I'm trying to find the book. I read the book, Chris. I don't know if you've read this book yet. Holy, highly recommend because it goes over his whole seal team training and then, you know, goes through a couple missions that he was involved in and uh, actually kind of spells out as much of that of the Osama bin Laden mission that he could. Um, wow phenomenal book and i'm trying to find yeah uh, i haven't i've heard of it i have not had the chance to read it so while dave is looking for that i feel like i just have to let you both know that my cat is staring at me um i think it's been listening to what we're saying (laughs) you got one of the russian cats um apparently is named summer lift his tail up and check for a battery all right, Dave, while you're looking for that, let us know when you find it. Um, we're going to talk about two more notes, and then we're going to play a little game called Trained or Framed. Um, so 26 miles per hour, which is 42 kilometers for our friends across the pond uh, who use the metric system. That is how fast a bottlenose dolphin can swim. Wow. Yeah. Way faster um, than me. <laughs> all right, yep. And then... This one really leads into our game. So about 2.5 miles or four kilometers from the Pakistan border, a suspected spy pigeon was arrested by Indian authorities. (laughs) So um, I'm unsure how you arrest a spy pigeon. Really tiny handcuffs. (laughs) I'd love to be in the interrogation room for that. <laughs> How do you do? You play bad cop, good cop, bad cop with this, or yeah, it's the only way to go. Do you like deny it breadcrumbs? You're like, you're not gonna get this bread, little pigeon. Yeah. You want my French fry? That's oh, seagull. Yeah. Chris, remember when the seagull like stole our hot dog one time at the beach? Yes, it's very upset. Still think about him. Hey, Amanda, real quick. Um, I did find that book. It's written by Robert O'Neill. Um, like I said, he was one of the SEAL team members that went into uh, into Bin Laden's house that night. It's called The Operator. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal read. He's a uh, a motivational speaker um, from what I've gathered. I've watched uh, a couple of YouTube videos of him going into businesses and speaking about, you know, teamwork and stuff like that. Um, oh, nice. Shameless plug for Rob O'Neill um, in that book, but phenomenal read if, if you haven't done that yet. Nice. Definitely going to check that out. Awesome. Yeah, um, Dave, if you want, maybe we'll put that information on our Instagram, too, for folks that want to, maybe were driving, weren't able to write that down. Uh, we can maybe plug that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely got oh, a yes. thumbs up from uh, the, the social media manager, Savannah. So, <laughs> watch. so appreciate her. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, are we ready to play a game? Okay, I'm gonna tell you a story about an animal, and then you are gonna tell me if you think this animal is a trained spy or a framed little baby animal. Okay. And we're gonna play, we're gonna basically decide as a group what we think. I do not, the cat just came closer. Yeah. I do not know the answers to this, but we'll see. All right. Um, these are all pretty relevantly newer incidences. So in July of 2007, Iranian news agencies reported the capture of 14 squirrels, apparently equipped with espionage systems along the border. These squirrely spies were found near a nuclear enrichment plant. Iranian officials said they succeeded in apprehending the suspects before they were able to take action. I would have loved to have been on that see that recovery team work. You know they had some moves. I mean, if they yeah. if they took down fourteen squirrels before they were able to do their due diligence, whatever that may yeah. have been, um, you know they had some moves. I mean, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with framed. I'm going to, you know, I'll take the other side of the spectrum. I'll go trained. Because the reason I say framed is because it was so many of them. And I feel like that would have been obvious to have 14 squirrels working in unison. Well, I mean, you have to have a number. Our, our, our SEAL teams go in with how many? You know, they go in 10, 14 deep. Just, yeah. and, and there's redundancies, you know. If, yeah. Jim gets shot in front of me. Well, I can do Jim's job. So that's true. You know, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. What types of espionage systems do we think they were equipped with? I think they had a bomb up their ass. Hmm. I'm going to go with listening devices. I think they had tiny little guns like our Instagram picture. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, I also, I'm on the side with Chris. I think that these poor little squirrelies were probably just going for the nut, like every little squirrely. Oh. And, uh, wow. hey, this is explicit. I can say what Ooh. I want. Very true. Um, and we're framed. All right. <clears throat> Ready for our next one, friends? Yeah, we don't, yeah. you don't have an answer on these? No. They're animals. <laughs> they <laughs> have you I'm sitting here getting excited, like trying to figure out, okay, well, she's fixing to come across and say these 14, I actually, you know, told the Iranians that, hell yeah, we're, we're about to blow your shit up. I mean, more, it was like, meep, 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 I mean, you know. Okay. So about a short story about squirrel. So I was at the park the other day with the dog and I was hanging out with my friends and know, the dog's doing her thing or whatever, playing in the park and this squirrel got so close to me, I thought it was going to attack me. And I was like, what the fuck, squirrel? Get back was, off. Trained to frame. Yeah, was he being sneaky or did he just kind of hop up there? Uh, he was being sneaky. And I didn't have oh, he's food. trained. I don't know what he trained. He's trained. I definitely go trained. Yeah. 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 Espionage systems equipped with them. He knew our podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. That might be where this all started. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, in 2010, at the Sharm El Sheikh R- R- Sport, uh, spelled that wrong, resort in Egypt, there were a series of shark attacks. Now, 
There are many theories about why these sharks attacked. Some said it could have been because of the abnormal high temperatures in the Red Sea. Um, there was extensive dumping of sheep carcasses because of Eid, which is a holiday they celebrate in Egypt and across the Middle East that may have brought the sharks closer to the sea line. Or was it Israeli involvement? Egyptian television broadcaster claims from uh, the South Sinai governor, Mohammed Abdul Fadil Shusha, that Israeli divers captured the sharks, put a GPS unit on them, and sent them to attack. Well, how do they know who to attack? I want to go with framed again, because I feel like, how would they know who to attack? How could you narrow that in to attack the correct people? Or is it just, where is it just, I just want to take out some of this country's citizens. I don't care who they're attacking. Well, actually, and I didn't put this in my notes, but the those who were attacked were mostly Russian and um, whoops, some folks like from the UK. So it wasn't. I don't think there were really any Egyptians that were attacked. Yeah, I'm gonna go framed. It's a resort, so uh, you know, I, I'm gonna go framed also, just because. And, and thank you for putting this in there. The extensive dumping of sheep carcasses probably has something to do with that. I mean, you know. Being a Florida boy and, and on the water, Chris, you know this just as well. You put a little yep. blood in the water and you got the bigger Here fish coming. Yep. Yeah. Um, apparently, our good friend Mohammed Abdul Fadil Shusha did come back and say, eh, maybe it was the sheep carcasses, but his first claim was not those folks. There we go. Um, and I would like to say, I apologize that all of my, um, I just realized this, but all of my trained or framed are Middle Eastern countries. Apparently they really just enjoy training or framing um, these spies. It was not done intentional. They just had the best stories. So. Oh, All right. Yes. Um, in 2013, Hezbollah, an affiliated TV station, reported that an eagle had been detained north of Beirut and was suspected of being an Israeli spy. Eagle was allegedly carrying an implanted receiver and a brass ring around its foot with markings in English that connected it back to Tel Aviv University. There is apparently an image of the alleged spy with the receiver located on its body. I think we have another double agent. I think, hence, he's an eagle. He was originally an American spy who started to work for the Israelis. And he had English writing on him. So it kind of plays into that as well. Well, aren't so I, think we, tra- uh, I think trained. Aren't we um, uh, allies with the Israelis? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Trained for sure. I'm going. Trained. Yeah, I'd have to go with. I'm going to go with you, Chris, on that one. You know, the the evidence is there to 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 uphold that. With the equipment that was on him, right? I think I think trained for sure. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know if trained, but definitely gathering some type of research for the university. Um. Now we know that uh, universities do research, like putting information into a beetle so why not tie something to an eagle right okay in uh 2018 iran accused the u.s of spying on its nuclear program with lizards (sighs) with lizards with lizards so a senior advisor for iran 
said that they intercepted uh, outsiders who were visiting the country under the guise of collecting aid for Palestine. In their possession were a variety of desert reptiles with skins that attracted atomic waves. They were nuclear spies. This is the quote, sorry. They were nuclear spies who wanted to find out where we have uranium mines and where we are engaged in atomic activities. So, yeah. I, I would say framed. I don't really have a reason. Sorry. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> do we know if lizards can attract atomic waves? Not not we specifically, but maybe somebody might. Yeah. So James Andrews, who is a scientist for the Vermont Amphibian Atlas, which I guess is a place that knows about animals, does claim that this is not a thing, that lizards attract atomic waves is nothing he's ever heard of, and it sounds bogus to him. Now, James could also be working with the lizards. Yeah, he could be the lizard king. <laughs> king of the lizard people. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go train. I mean honestly cuz I mean there's so much out there that you know we're just figuring out as far as what can absorb radio waves or atomic waves or stuff like that, you know. How do we not know that lizards don't attract atomic waves or something? Yeah. Well, I mean also, what if the people were actually this one's working for the lizards. Ooh. Like the lizards are in control. That's Holy my next hope. Yep. Wow. So if you have a lizard at home that you feel attracts atomic waves, please don't take that to Iran, but let us know. We'd appreciate it. There's a lot yes. of lizards that fell out of trees in Miami recently. I love when they are like the lizards are gonna fall. It's my favorite story. As uh, recently as yesterday, <laughs> when we got down to twenty seven here, supposed to get down to twenty six tonight. Ooh, it's been nineteen, thirteen right now, here. You? Uh, no, we had a little bit of snow, but it's been like seventeen, thirteen degrees, like bouncing back and forth each night. So it's been been a little chilly. All right, friends. Um, to end this game, we're gonna do our last one. So in twenty twenty one, um. There is a claim by Hamas to have captured an Israeli-trained dolphin armed with a weapon of some kind that killed a Hamas member. It is not clear what the perpetrated incident of question was or when it occurred, but apparently there is a video clip regarding it uh, circling around social media. The clip is reported to... Um, show an individual holding what is alleged to be a nose harness taken from an Israeli captured dolphin. And um, the dolphin apparently killed uh, someone during the Israeli-Hamas uh, conflict in May. However, the animal has not been seen. Just the harness or the, yeah, the harness um, from the animal. So they put a laser beam on the freaking dolphin. They couldn't get the freaking shark. I don't know how hard it was to get the freaking shark. Wow. I would love to know what the weapon is. Um, apparently you could find it online, but I tried and I got a little bit too deep. And this is, um, I didn't want people to come to our house and my husband be like, 
Why are there people outside our house? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the Hamas frogmen might be at your house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say, though, like, so I was thinking about this with dolphins. I've met, I mean, we all, the three of us, have, like, swam with dolphins, like, in the wild. We've swam with dolphins, not, like, I know I jumped, I've jumped into, like, Tampa Bay before, and there are dolphins that, like, will be, right next to you you know they're really sweet creatures they're also a little horny creatures and you gotta watch what you're doing yep yep they will get frisky real quick fast and in a hurry oh yeah you gotta be real careful um so i just i feel like a killer dolphin i mean they gotta have a good reason but. yeah yeah i mean they don't just uh snap like that but the, the harness is what throws me off and them calling it a weapon that's why i'm going train for sure well, it said the dolphin actually killed a person with this weapon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's an that's an eagle-eyed dolphin right there. Mm-hmm. But how did the dolphin? That person had to have been outside, right? Like, or on the water, because that dolphin can't come onto the like they don't have legs. Right, right. Or do they? Well, I mean, you got walking catfish that use their fins. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I'm going to go trained on this one also because I think you, I mean, I we've all seen dolphins do a lot of things. Um, putting a Glock on its nose and training it to pull the trigger can probably be one of those. Yeah. One of those things, you know. So I'll go trained on yeah. that one. I, I like it. I also think that that's a clever way to use a dolphin. No doubt. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our little chat about animal used as uh, assistants or spies within the world. Um, I wanted to end the episode or end this part of the episode with a quote from uh, Shira Fedar. Um, And they said, anyone can be part of a nefarious plot, even your friendly neighborhood dolphin, lizard, or rat. Just watch out. Or beetle, for that matter. Yeah. Or a sweet little kitty cat with a microphone in its ear, a wire wrapped around it, and a battery up its ass. Looking to commit suicide in front of a yellow cab. Yeah, poor yellow cab driver. Could you imagine the trauma he had to go through? Yeah, he had a $2 million cat. <laughs> $20 million, not two. $20 oh, yeah, million cat. Government definitely wow. showed up at his house. Yeah. You owe us a $20 million probably- cat. <laughs> Sure. He probably thought to himself, like, oh, crap, I killed another cat in D.C. Like, oh, this is so crazy. And then he sees these G-men running towards him, and he's like, it's just a cat. It's just a cat. Yeah, all, these yeah. black, cat. all these black, tented-out Cadillacs coming and running, pulling up. <laughs> right. You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. I bet he got a nice little payout to never speak of that again. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's it. I want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode. Please rate, review, and follow us on Instagram. You can rate and review us on your podcast listener of choice, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Thank you again, and we will catch you on the next one. See you later. Bye, folks. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Please join us for episode three when we run deep in alien encounters. We will discuss the 1961 Betty and Barney Hill case, as well as the 1994 aerial school in Zimbabwe, where some headmasters and 60 students observed a UFO during recess, along with some other alien encounter cases. Thanks again for listening to the Waters Run Deep podcast. Please remember to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TWRD underscore podcast. Send us a shout out or a topic for review for an upcoming episode. Thank you.